Well, good morning, church. Good morning to those of you on our online community, our online family. Can we give them a hand this morning? I actually think it should be the other way around because they're probably sitting on their couch. So maybe they should clap for us. So there you go online. But uh, we're glad that you are here in California. We love you. It's, it's just worth saying. Um, so a uh, couple of things going on, just kind of life of the church. You've heard over and over, if you've been here and been a part of the, the family long, there's this thing called the three E's that is the vision of heights. And, and by that, we mean that uh, we're here to encounter Jesus. We exist um, to see our communities engage in their faith with Jesus. And we also exist to see our community, and, and that's us and those around us, um, empowered to serve Jesus wherever they're found. And uh, one of the ways we're doing that in, in a major way, a major launch point that we want you to know about is starting in August is something called residency. And what residency is, is it's a 10-month-long program for anyone who has a desire to step into ministry. Anyone who um, has a desire to, to be empowered to take that step forward, uh, that is what that program's for. And so specifically for us, we, we believe that uh, the next generation of the church um, is already here, that, that we need to empower that generation to step forward. Um, long after we're gone, they will continue the work of the church and so on and so on. So we believe raising leaders is vital and empowering leaders, especially young leaders, is key to what we do. Um, key to the continuation of the church and key, key to continuing to see the saints equipped to do the ministry. And so it's a 10-month course. It's 10 hours of study a week and 10 hours of hands-on practical with a ministry of your choice. So let's say you chose kids ministry, then you would, um, for your 10 hours of hands-on, you would be with the kids ministry team and, and kind of go through what they go through and learn all about what that looks like. And then same, if you were wanting to be a worship leader, you'd be with the worship arts team and, and kind of walking through what does that look like in a 10-hour block. And, and, and so over the 10 months, you get a pretty well-rounded, um, I got some um, teaching and stuff that is accredited and can move towards a degree if I want to. And I also got hands-on ministry. So that's starting in August. That's exciting. That's a huge deal for our church. And we should clap for that church. Like I said, empowering the next generation might be the most important thing we can do. Um, and so also along with just celebrating and being excited, uh, if you were here uh, a couple of years ago, you knew a guy named Brad Streeter who led worship for us. Uh, you do not want to miss next weekend. Brad will be here leading worship next weekend. Yeah. So I'm excited. I get my buddy for a couple of days, and that, that's an exciting um, weekend for sure. So you don't, you don't want to miss that. We are in a series called Ripple. And I don't know, as you're watching that, if you're anything like me, it takes me back to being 10 years old and skipping rocks, and I'd like to go skip rocks. Yeah, you have those days where that just looks way better than what you do. Um, but the whole idea behind it is we're, we're diving into the book of Colossians, and Colossians has um, two main points, if you like, that, that Jesus, Jesus is supreme, that the supremacy of Jesus is established in the book of Colossians. That means he's over everything, right? Also, that Jesus is sufficient. So it's the sufficiency of Jesus that, that is all over the book of Colossians. 
Now, the way that works for us is taking those two themes and pulling them down to our lives and saying, just like when a rock makes contact with the water, you get a ripple that's created out of it. The same happens in our life when the supremacy of Jesus and the sufficiency of Jesus impact our lives. What happens is there's a ripple effect out of it. And so the entire summer, we're just going to kind of dive into the book of Colossians and, and just look at it from the perspective of how does this impact, how does this impact my life and what should the ripples coming out of my life look like? If, if Jesus really is supreme, as we discover in the book, then what, what does that actually look like in my life? And, and so the, the book of Colossians was written to a church in Colossae. Now, why is that important? Because it can become really easy to, to just make the Bible kind of a historical book or even worse, we, we detach it from real life. But what you need to know is, is the book of Colossians is written to a real church, that these were real people in a real place at a real time. The Colossae, uh, best we can tell, is about 100, 120 miles from what we all know as Ephesus, where the church of the Ephesians was. That, that It was about 120 miles. And there was a reason that Paul, who's the author, and there's kind of a debate, was it co-authored with Timothy? Everybody kind of leans on the side. Timothy might have been a part, but really it was Paul's book. So Paul, as the author, is writing to this group of people because there are two threats that have shown up in their world. And understanding the why behind it helps us understand, okay, what, what can... What framework should I put this in for my life? And then how do I walk this out? And, and so the, the threats behind it was this, that Jesus was less than God. That was the first one. That Jesus was less than God. So he, he wasn't really God. He wasn't really, he didn't really have supremacy. And so then it's really easy to begin to move Jesus into the category of just a good teacher or um, just a good person, even worse. And so what Paul is writing to is he's writing to them going, no, 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 wait, wait, don't, don't let this thought that Jesus is less than God exist. And by the time you get halfway through chapter one, it's insane. Like it might be one of the most beautiful things ever written about the person of Jesus and who he is and the strength that Jesus has. The second thing is this, that if the first one is Jesus is less than God, then the second one, which we might be able to relate to even, even on a deeper level, was that there's a secret code to this Christian thing. You know that, right? You know that there are Christians, and then there are Christians. You know? Like, they've attained something else. They, they've, like, stepped up. And, and so it's like, oh, that's okay, you Christians, because we are Christians, right? So it's, it's that whole thought process. That there were some in the church of Colossae who they'd attained some kind of secret code. They'd attained some kind of hidden message, some kind of mystery. And inside of that mystery, it had now qualified them to to, to be a step up, if you like, from everybody else. And Paul is writing to clearly show that everything we need as Christians is found in the person of Jesus. That there is no secret code that you're not better than the next person next to you, that you haven't attained something more, and in attaining something more, now you have a secret standing. He's writing to go, that's a false 
That's a false good news. The good news is at the cross, everything, everything for everyone was covered equally. And so if you have a book, if you have a Bible, if you have a book, turn to page. No, if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Colossians. If you're just figuring your way around the Bible and you, you hit Galatians, keep going. You hit Philippians, keep going. Ephesians, keep going. You'll, you'll hit Colossians. And, And so Colossians, like I said, was a real group of people in a real space at a real time. And Paul writes this, Paul, an author, an author, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Hopefully online that translated. They, they just blanked that out. Um, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So that's where you get the, the authorship. To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful, faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. So, so here's what you need to know about Paul writing to them. Because it ties into this whole concept of a ripple. Is Paul has never met these people. That Colossae, the closest he got that we know of is Ephesus, which is 100 miles away. And, and so if there, is, if there is a ripple that goes out from your life, then what happens next, after the grace and peace to you from God our Father, verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. So, so he, he, he now ventures in and he goes, hey, hey, wait a minute. I'm a hundred miles away from you, which in those days, that's a large distance. I'm a hundred miles away from you and I have heard essentially a rumor, right? I, I, I've heard this rumor of your faith in Christ Jesus. He's saying, he's saying I have felt the ripple effect from your life. I have felt the ripple of your faith in Christ Jesus. And it's in that context and that Paul, Paul writes back. And now what you get is Paul is essentially out of his life, sending a ripple back saying, I'm praying. But the common denominator is this, faith in Christ Jesus. What you're going to find as we go through this letter over and over and over, everything comes back to Christ Jesus being the center of your life. And so in this context, in this moment then, what he's saying is, hey, hey, your faith, and we need to clarify faith for a second, because there's some of us who hang around Jesus. And what I mean by hang around Jesus, we're just in it for the benefits, I'm in it to see Jala dance. I'm in it because I like the coffee, which if you like the coffee, man, we got to talk. Um, that stuff is motoral, y'all. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it keeps you lubed up, but uh, it might. So, but here's the thing, right? So, so he's saying, you might have been hanging around the church. You've enjoyed, enjoyed, hey, I got to know this person. We hit it off. We're like friends. We're doing life. But, but here's, here's what you need to understand. You can hang around the church and hang around Jesus and never put your faith in Jesus. Now, that's worth saying again, church, because there's too many people. You ever see those sharks and a shark goes along and they got that little fish on them? You ever see that? That's what some people are like when it comes to faith 
and church and this whole thing. But I need to tell you the faith that he is talking about here, the start point of your ripple, if you like, the impact of Jesus in your life is that somewhere along the way you decided to believe to the point of complete reliance. That, that you have gone, I don't have anything. I'm going to submit to the sufficiency of Christ and I'm going to rely on that. Amen. That is faith. Faith is when I get to a moment and I go, man, I am all in. I am putting everything I got in your wagon, Jesus. Because I don't even have a wagon. I don't even have a way to make this possible. And so, Jesus, I'm coming to a point where I take everything I'm reliant on and see what happens at this point. You relying on you has to stop. Because you can't completely rely on Jesus until you stop relying on you. That's the point of faith. Have you had that? I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't mean it in a way, if you're just hanging around the church, keep hanging. Because I know one thing, you hang around long enough, you're going to fall in love with Jesus. Just reality. You don't have to believe the same way today to belong. We love you. You belong. You'll belong for as long as you need. But you need to understand, when we talk about faith in Jesus, there's a point when I make a decision, I decide I'm putting it all in. I'm all in. And then along with that, something happens because that's the impact point. That is when you meet Jesus. That's, that's, like, the, that's like the rock hitting the water, right? And notice what happens out of it. Verse 4 again. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, your complete reliance on Jesus. We've heard about it. And of the love you have for all his people and the love you have for all his people. You catch it? Faith in Jesus created a ripple of love out of their life. There was for all people. You want to know what this love is? Because then we get into like the finer points, right? Like, well, John, why don't you define love? If you go to 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there now, but 1 Corinthians 13, you begin to read about love. That's the kind of love. It's agape. That's what we're talking about. That it's kind, it's patient, it's long-suffering, right? That, that's, that's love. It's not self-seeking. It's, it's others-focused. And maybe the first thing we just need to grasp out of Colossians is this, that when Jesus impacts your life, it's not for you. You okay with that? Because we don't live like that. We don't live in a way that it's okay because what we do is we start to make the gospel about us normally. And what happens is instead of rippling out, the ripples begin to move in and disappear. But the reality of the gospel is, the reality of the good news is that when I have faith in Jesus, what comes out of that is this love, this outward away from me ripple that is for everybody else. Do you know that when I met Jesus, it was for you? That's crazy. When you met Jesus, it's for everyone around you. Oh, there's the, there's the personal, like, I met Jesus and he changed me and all. There's that. But you see, if all I do with my faith is just keep taking and taking and taking and making it about me, it's not good news. Because you'll turn inward and die. You were designed to have a ripple flow out of your life. You were designed for the ripple to go outward from you. Why? Because the impact was from Jesus in your life. Man, I could stay here all day, but they will get mad at me because we'll be way over time. Verse 5. 
the faith and love that spring up from hope stored and stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true word of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world. So, so he's going, hold up, hold up. Hey, hey, church at Colossae, you're not that special. This isn't unique to you. You guys aren't the super Christians, right? The gospel is actually impacting the entire world. The gospel is actually growing all over. And, and maybe just for us, because we sit in a small community and happen to be a, a large number of people, which really we're just a small church because we have a whole bunch of life groups, right? That's where it really happens. But maybe something we just need to grasp is, hey, as good as this is, we should celebrate whenever this happens anywhere else. It's not about us building our kingdom. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's not about Heights Church Little C. It's about the church at large all over the world. And he's reminding them here, hey, God's doing great stuff all over. But notice he brings it down to them. He says, just as it has been doing among you. So just as the good news has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So I'm just going to give you this one. You can study it out later for yourself. But he's talking about things growing and he's talking about um, this life springing forth in fruit and the lamp, the light that that happens under is grace. Okay. The minute you get away from grace, you are going to die and lose life. The way this happens, why, why grace? Because grace forces you on the sufficiency of God, right? And under the sufficiency of God, under grace, he's given me everything so I can give you everything. You see, if I, if I'm not under grace, then the next thing I'm under is law. And what law does is I got to work real hard to get from God. And now I'm focused on me and what I need to get and my standing with God. What the sufficiency of God does is says, no, 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 no. Under the sufficiency of God, you already have everything. Now give it away. And so what lamp you put on your life, grace or law, will determine what grows out. Verse 7, you learned it from Epaphras. Our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So, so now he jumps to this guy named Epaphras, right? And best we can tell, somewhere along the way, Epaphras is from Colossae. He ends up with Paul, right? And it, while hanging out with Paul, he becomes a believer, and Epaphras takes the gospel back to Colossae. And the concept of ripples and and what's going on, you could say this, that the ripple coming out of Paul's life impacted Epaphras. Epaphras then goes back and the ripple that comes out of his life from meeting Christ impacts others to where they understand the gospel for the first time. But what also happens is that the ripple coming out from Epaphras' life gets back to Paul And Paul celebrates what's going on, that there are believers in Colossae. But now Paul goes, I'm concerned for you. Another ripple coming out of Paul's life, back to Colossae, if you like, is that, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm going to write you this letter because I'm worried about people saying that Jesus isn't enough. I'm worried about the fact that people are telling you there's some secret code. And so now what you get is you get the overlap of ripples. And this is a beautiful thing, church. Because when your life that is centered in Jesus begins to ripple outward, your ripple is supposed to overlap with others. 
And all of a sudden, you have all this movement, right? And caught in the middle of it is somebody who doesn't know Jesus and needs to be loved. And the idea is this, that, that, that your, while your ripple is meant to move outward, it's meant to work together. We need each other. To the point where, I don't know if you know this, but the best way to grow is with other people. The best way for you to grow and mature in your faith is to sit down with another person and talk about this kind of stuff. To have them hold you accountable for, are you living your life inward? If you are, you need to get with some people and get them to call that out in your life because it's unhealthy and that's okay. We're supposed to journey life together. We're supposed to do this life together. So you may be here and you don't have that. Then your next step today is just call somebody. You know somebody? Call them. Say, hey, can we have coffee? Can we talk about what happened this weekend? Because I need to grow. I need to engage in my faith. If you're sitting here and you go, I don't know anybody. Great news for you. As you leave here, there's a life group's room. Just stop by there and go, I don't know anybody, but I need to grow. And they'll take care of connecting you to people that are like-minded and and people that will help you journey because we're supposed to live this life together. Our ripples are supposed to interact. Because when they interact, it changes. It changes things. Just like we see in the church here. So verse 9, for this reason, so, so, so because of your faith and love, Paul now goes, for this reason, since the day we heard, since the day we had a rumor about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives. Man, there's so much there to unpack, but basically he's saying this, I'm asking that God would show you what he desires. Why? Why do we want to see what God desires? Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. Man, Paul just goes off. It's like he gets excited and just keeps going, right? But here's, here's what, verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy. What is Paul praying for? What does he desire for all of the believers at this church, which then we could translate and go, what, what would Paul write to us? He would write to us going, hey, hey, you, you, need to, you need to catch what you actually have so that you can live a life worthy. Okay, I'm going to geek out for you for a second, okay? Just, just roll with me. This, this word worthy... It has to do, in the original language, of a comparable measure. Okay? So, so live a life of comparable measure. Okay? Got it? Now, let's go back to the pond. Right? Because in the pond, depending on what size and shape rock you pick up, and depending on the angle that you release it, depending on the velocity that it moves, depending upon the impact point, depends on the ripple that comes out of it. And what Paul is saying is Jesus is your rock. Jesus is launched by God the Father. He is your impact point. And what comes out of your life should be of comparable measure to that of Jesus. 
that the rings coming out of your life, church, and out of my life, they should be the same comparable measure to that of Jesus. Okay, let's back up for a second. You mean the Jesus that hung on a cross? Yeah, that Jesus. You mean the Jesus that had to have amazing reliance, complete reliance upon God the Father? Because in that moment in the garden, he's like, man, is there any other way? Let's do it a different way. Come on, let's figure this out. And God the Father goes, no. What did Jesus do? By faith, by faith and complete reliance, he, he stepped into that moment. And he goes, hangs on a cross. By faith, he gave up his life, putting it in the hands of the Father to resurrect him. God the Father resurrects Jesus, and then what is his life all about? What has it been about the whole time? It's been about outward and others. It's never been about him. What Paul is saying here is he's saying, hey, church, hey, heights. I know you're tempted to find some secret sauce to this whole Christian thing that makes you somehow better and bigger. Can I tell you that the only secret sauce that you need, you've already been given, and it is the sufficiency of Jesus. And in Jesus, in the impact point, when you met Jesus, that is your impact point. When you you put your complete reliance, that's your impact point. And the rings coming out of your life, the ripples coming out of your life should be that of comparable measure to Jesus himself. That's what we're called to. Your life has purpose today. Why? Not because you're that cool. Not because you're that smart. Not because you're that brilliant. And you might be all those things. But in the eyes of God Almighty, it boils down to two simple things for a worthy life. Faith in Jesus is your impact point and love for others. And love for others. It moves outward and away from you. And he rounds out this thing, kind of bringing it back and reminding us. By the way, if you haven't figured this out, it's not a real long book, 95 verses. That's it, four chapters. I think, I think you're all brilliant. You could read this once a week for all summer. And I, I would lay a bet with you right now that it'll change your life. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has, he has, he has. That, 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 there's, there's, there's no like, well, maybe in the future. There's no like, well, you got part of it. He has rescued us. Today, you are safe because of the person of Jesus Christ. Paul wants it to be clear that darkness is gone. Why? Because Jesus reached into the darkness, ripped you out of the darkness, and you no longer have to be there because he rescued you. He saved you. He has made you secure. Why then, because you might be here and going, John, you're yelling at me about being rescued, but I'm in darkness. I got two reasons you're in darkness today. One, you've never surrendered complete reliance to Jesus. 
You may be in darkness today. If you are, you need to come have a conversation. If I'm too scary, don't come talk to me. There's people, people down here. Kaylee will be down here. She's real nice. Right? Don't talk to Jala. He's not allowed to talk. But it may be that you've never put your complete reliance in Jesus. And you're trying to fight your way out of darkness. That's one reason. Second reason, you forgot who you are. You think you can walk back into darkness, but you can't. You can't. And so if you're in darkness, get out. You don't belong there. If you put your reliance in Jesus, you don't belong there. Stop acting like you're not rescued. It'd be like somebody who's drowning, right? And they, 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 they get rescued and they jump back down and go, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. I'm just going to panic, right? That's, that's what it's like. Because you have been rescued. You, you, you are rescued, church. And then he, and then he gets even more exciting because then he says, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That the impact point of Jesus, when we put our reliance in that, what we're told is that he actually redeemed us. What redeemed is, it's a transactional word. That he bought you back. That everything that wanted to make you pay, he paid for and he brought you back. And on top of that, you are forgiven today. I don't care what your yesterday was like. I don't care what your way to church was like. I don't care what your history is like. I don't care what your future is like. You're forgiven in the person of Jesus because he's sufficient. There is no earning. You got nothing to earn because he already gave it to you. And so we're going to end. We're going to end with what Jesus told us to do. Jesus got real excited about his death and he, uh, he told his closest friends, he goes, you're going to need to remember this. Which to them probably was like, wait, it's okay. What are we going to need to remember? And then he died and they're like, how would we ever forget? But I believe he was looking at you today. I believe he was looking at the family at large and he said, you're going to need just a little memento to remind me. So if you're on the serve teams that are helping with um, communion this morning, you can come on forward. And so God, we just come before you. We're so thankful today, God, for the reminders that our life has purpose today because of you. God, thank you that today we stand free. Thank you that today God, we stand forgiven. Thank you that today we were once slaves. We've been bought back from slavery. Thank you that today we stand in light, not darkness. Thank you that today we can choose to live a life that is much bigger and greater than us because you are the center who is supreme over all. Thank you that today that everything we need for life and godliness, as Peter put it, God, we have it in Jesus today. We have everything we need for life. And so God, we just say thank you this morning. We, we celebrate the fact that we are free. And God, as we stand in a moment and we lift our voices and we begin to sing to you and we begin to declare this living hope that we have, that God, we have because you showed up and you were enough. Jesus, thank you for being enough today. And everybody said,